that even after two indictments of Donald Trump, he got a bump in the polls in the Republican field to be the nominee for president. What does this mean? How will he fare in a general election with a general electorate? Does anyone actually have a chance of winning? And I'm joined by the always on fire Rick Wilson from the Lincoln Project to discuss this. this Rick, is it is so great called, to see you. Thank you so much for joining me. It's called Gen Z sees right through Donald Trump with Rick Wilson, who's the uh, um, Lincoln Project founder. This is on the Politicon YouTube channel. Hey, Victor, how are you? Posted 25 Great. minutes um, ago. I am not in Florida. I'm in D.C. right now, but it's, I guess, just as swampy in terms of weather, but not politics. <laughs> well, Florida's pretty horrendous on all axes uh, right now, both in politics and the weather. So yeah, I, I want to talk to you about Ron DeSantis later on the show, but I want to start off with this new NBC poll that showed more Republicans are now supporting Trump. I'm wondering if you're surprised and what that tells you about the Republican electorate at large. I'm not surprised in the slightest. I, I, I'm a pretty good anthropologist about Trump and the GOP. Um, and, and I will tell you, everything we've seen, beginning from the FBI raid on Mar-a-Lago till today, each one of these moments when Trump comes under legal jeopardy or scrutiny, um, the Republican base rallies around him. And more importantly, the people who claim they're running against him in the primary all support him and say, oh, we're going to pardon Trump. We're not going to... We, you know, we're not, we're not going to let these, these evil deep staters get away with hurting our idol, Donald Trump. So you end up in a weird situation where even the people who should be running against him end up reinforcing that he is still the dominant power inside the GOP. Right. I mean, when, I want to ask you about the Republican voter who supports Trump, because, I mean, it, it's pretty clear that it's part of a cult, but how do they view Trump? And is there anything that you can think of that will get them to change their minds? Or are those the type of people who you just can't reach at this point? You largely cannot reach the hardcore uh, MAGA voter, that 35% or so of the party, that if Ron DeSantis or someone else managed to win the primary, those folks would stay home. They're, I mean, they, they are, they are you know, I call them Trump hotties because they are fully committed to a cult-like devotion to Donald Trump. They're the not going to change. They're not going to alter their, their behavior. We've seen it time and again. I can't tell you the number of times I've had people ask me, oh, what's the Lincoln Project doing to persuade Trump hardcore voters? And the answer is nothing. We're so, not going to go after people who are immovable. And so... I said, um, that part of the base, Trump they don't... we must demand the breakup of the corporate media monopoly, which has made it so that only four corporations own all of our media. Anything wrong with Trump? They don't see anything wrong with his behavior or the legal jeopardy he's, he's in. Um, but... Even the moderate Republicans, even the less crazed Republicans, all will bend the knee eventually and say, well, you know, I don't like Trump, I don't like the tweeting, I don't like the law breaking, I don't like the criminality, I don't like the espionage, but the alternative is communism. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's enraging. And in that same poll, absurd, we but, but it's absurd, but a real absurdity. It, very, very absurd. And I want to ask about two other things that we saw in that poll, which is first that Ron DeSantis' popularity dropped quite a bit, and second that Chris Christie increased 
five points in popularity, which seems small, but could be significant. But I want to focus on Ron DeSantis first with you. I mean, it feels like the more people who get to know him, the less popular he is. Do you sure. agree with that assessment? A hundred percent, Victor. I think you've got a guy who lacks a certain felicity and grace in politics. He lacks the gift, as they say. Some candidates have the gift. They engage people. They make people feel like they're part of something bigger than themselves. They make people feel important. And I will say this, Donald Trump, for all I dislike him, has a political gift. Ronald Reagan had a political gift. Barack Obama had a political gift. Bill Clinton had a political gift. They were great candidates. Even George Bush, even George W. Bush was a great on the ground, in your in the room candidate. And DeSantis just doesn't have it. You, you, you have to like people to make people like you. <laughs> and he doesn't like people. He's an isolated, insular, um, I think, honestly, I think, uh, other than his wife, I think he's... might be true but uh, in terms of Ron DeSantis though I mean what is the way that he's framing himself because it's been a confusing strategy I mean he supported Trump after the indictment saying you know we should all be defending Trump right now and that DOJ is this political weapon but at the same time he also like what is his policy stance are there any I mean talk to us about kind of what Ron DeSantis is presenting himself well, Ron DeSantis, yeah it's a great question Victor Ron DeSantis is a is an actor in the culture war and the culture war is a performative thing so he's going to try to be the biggest dick in the room about the culture war. He's going to try to be the one who's the most cruel, the most terrible to immigrants, the worst, you know, to LGBTQ folks. He's going to try to do all the things that drive a sense of, of that he's got all the cruelty and all the ugliness that the Republican base has become very programmed to want from both their media culture and from the Trump era. Um, Unfortunately, it doesn't really quite click once you get past the Republican primary. Even if he wins it, he's already cut himself into such a far, an isolated part of the populace. It's going to be really hard to go out there to say to the 
tens of millions of American families with gay family members or who are gay themselves, hey, by the way, you're second-class citizens or your family members are second-class citizens. We don't like them. We don't want to hear from them. And, and it's going to be tough to go out and sell to American uh, parents out there with young kids. Um, I'm going to be an education president, but I've banned books um, about Rosa Parks and Anne Frank and, and Hank Aaron from, from schools in Florida. It's going to be hard to say um, I'm going to be somebody who cares about, um, about women when he's got a six-week abortion ban in Florida that even among Republicans only has about a 20% approval. So he's got a lot of, I mean, we're on this. This has played this role. some terrible advice from some terrible people uh, who don't understand the general election structure in the country. Um, but he's part of this negative incentive structure on the right where they, you know, they feel like, well, the, the worse I am, the better I do. I get on Fox if I act like an a-hole. I get more email donations if I send out things saying that we should shoot immigrants coming over the border, which he did today. The, the day we're recording this, he came out and said we should start dropping people who try to come through the border. Cool. Cool story, bro. You're in East Germany. Yeah. No, I mean, it, it's disgusting, but I, I want to ask you about Chris Christie, but before I do that, I mean, there are so many other Republican candidates running right now. You have Nick Haley, Tim Scott, Asa Hutchinson, all of these people. Do you see any path to victory for them at all? No. Like, <laughs> again, if Trump dropped dead tomorrow, um, all of them who aren't named Donald Trump are, are going to be searching for a way to capture the weird mercurial nature of the MAGA base. DeSantis would have the best opportunity to do so, but not necessarily exclusively because he's such a terrible candidate. Um, but the rest of them are all dead men walking. I mean, Chris Christie, for as much as Chris is an engaging figure, he's totally disconnected with the MAGA base. They, they want nothing to do with Chris Christie. But, I mean, the, the only reason why I feel like Chris Christie could, uh, it's a long shot, but he's the only candidate, in my view, who's running an operation that's not 2016, in the sense that he's taking, you know, swipes at Donald Yeah, I don't disagree with that. I don't disagree with that. And he's got some smart people around him. He's got some money he's raising. Um, interestingly, a lot of the big dollar money that he's raising is coming out of Ron DeSantis' world. That's true. A lot of donors he's got now already given to DeSantis, they're like, nah, we'll move on to Chris. Um, the problem, Victor, is that Chris Christie is a former blue state governor. He's a much more moderate figure in the Republican Party. He, you know, there's still those photographs of him hugging Barack Obama that they'll all trot out again. Huh. And so, you know, at the end of the day, and, and here's the other problem. He came out of 2016 and said, you know, Donald Trump is this and that. He's a bad guy. Then he supported him and spent five years going on television defending every single thing Donald Trump did. Right, right. Up to and including 
after January 6th. He said some things right after Jan, Jan 6th, but then it was back to, well, but the alternative is communism. Oh, my God, but he's better than Joe Biden. What about Portland? What about Antifa? All this, it, it's really tough to be the genuine truth teller if you spent five years kissing Trump's ass. That's very true. I mean, is there anyone you can think of who can beat Trump? Whether that, not the right, right. No. no. And look, Trump can beat himself. An externality could beat Trump. Again, heart attack, shark attack, lightning yeah. bolt, yeah. you know, stuck in prison in a supermax. Other than that, the others can't beat him, but he, he could beat himself. He can lose, but they can't win. Let me put it that way. So, I mean, what does that mean for the future of the Republican Party then? Where, I mean, after 2024, hopefully he's not going to run again. What does that do to the Republican electorate and the people who end up running? <laughs> I can see Trump at 100 years old. <laughs> right. Take him out of God. No, look, I mean, the Republican Party is, is divided in a profound and I think probably fatal way between two core groups. You've got the sort of what they call demean conservatives who are believers in using the power of government, expanding the state, expanding control of the government over the lives of individuals to achieve what they want from a policy and a social outcome status. They want to weaponize the state against women, against LGBT folks, against non-Christians. Um, and that conservative movement, it's populist, it's nationalist, it's statist, very much in the Trump category, the Trump camp. Uh, DeSantis camp to, to a lesser degree. There's a more operational sort of generalized Republican Party um, that isn't completely MAGA, but they're perfectly willing to go along with MAGA to survive. They know they'll lose if they take them on, so they don't take them on. They're, they're the Lindsey Grahams of the world. They're the Kevin McCarthy's of the world. And there's a very small fraction of the GOP that says, hey, weren't we supposed to be the limited government fiscal responsibility, strong national security, uh, in, you know, individual liberty conservatives, that part of the party is completely, a, a, you know, you could sit around a table at a Denny's for, for breakfast. They just aren't there anymore at scale. Um, and that's the party I came from, but, you know, that's gone now. So I, I think that the prognosis is very grim. They may win elections um, in places where they're gerrymandered or places where there's a very red state population. But as a brand nationally, the Republican Party is facing a really bad demographic and social hurdle coming up in the next few election cycles. What do you make of this emergence of the No Labels Party, these third parties in 2024? You've got two major movements right now. Uh, one group is pushing No Labels, yeah. and one group is pushing RFK Jr. <laughs> They're all designed to kill off Joe Biden. Uh, no Labels is... While the founders, little birdie told me, a little birdie told me. <laughs> Videos, video saves your drafts. Wow. 
Christie could, uh, it's a long shot, but he's the only candidate in my view who's running an operation that's not 2016 in the sense that he's taking, you know, swipes at Donald Yeah, I don't disagree with that. I don't disagree with that. And he's got some smart people around him. He's got some money he's raising. Um, interestingly, a lot of the big dollar money that he's raising is coming out of Ron DeSantis' world. That's true. A lot of donors he's got now already given to DeSantis, they're like, nah, we'll move on to Chris. Um, the problem, Victor, is... That Chris Christie is a former Mr. Governor. He's a much more moderate figure. He's a great mood ever since Nazi phase. He's still just running around with Barack Obama. They're all shot out again. And so, at the end of the day, and here's the other problem. He came out of 2016 and said, you know, Donald Trump is this and that. He's a bad guy. Then he supported him and spent five years going on television defending every single thing Donald Trump did. Right, right. Up to and including after January 6th. He said some things right after Jan, Jan 6th, but then it was back to, well, but the alternative is communism. Oh, my God, but he's better than Joe Biden. What about Portland? What about Antifa? All this, it, it's really tough to be the genuine truth teller if you spent five years kissing Trump's ass. That's very true. I mean, is there anyone who you can think of who can beat Trump? Whether that, not the right. No. No. And look, Trump can beat himself. An externality could beat Trump. Again, heart attack, sharp attack, lightning yep. bolt, yeah. you know, stuck in prison in a supermax. Other than that, the others can't beat him, but he, he could beat himself. He can lose, but they can't win. Let me put it that way. So, I mean, what does that mean for the future of the Republican Party then? Where, I mean, after 2024, hopefully he's not going to run again. What does that do to the Republican electorate and the people who end up running? <laughs> I can see Trump at 100 years old. <laughs> right. 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 Um, no, look, I mean, the Republican Party is, is divided in a profound and I think probably fatal way between two core groups. You've got the sort of what they call Deneen conservatives who are believers in using the power of government, expanding the state, expanding control of the government over the lives of individuals to achieve what they want from a policy and a social outcome status. They want to weaponize the state against women, against LGBT folks, against non-Christians. Um, and that conservative movement, it's populist, it's nationalist, it's statist, very much in the Trump category, the Trump camp. Uh, DeSantis camp to, to a lesser degree. There's a more operational sort of generalized Republican Party um, that isn't completely MAGA, but they're perfectly willing to go along with MAGA to survive. They know they'll lose if they take them on, so they don't take them on. They're, they're the Lindsey Grahams of the world. They're the Kevin McCarthy's of the world. And there's a very small fraction of the GOP that says, hey, 
Weren't we supposed to be the limited government, fiscal responsibility, strong national security, uh, in, you know, individual liberty conservatives? That part of the party is completely, a, a, you know, you could sit around a table at a Denny's for, for breakfast. They just aren't there anymore at scale. Um, and that's the party I came from, but, you know, that's gone now. So I, I think that the prognosis is very grim. They may win elections um, in places where they're gerrymandered or places where there's a very red state population. But as a brand nationally, the Republican Party is facing a really bad demographic and social hurdle coming up in the next few election cycles. What do you make of this emergence of the no labels party, these third parties in 2024? You've got two major movements right now. Uh, one group is pushing no labels. Yeah. And one group is pushing RFK Jr. <laughs> They're all designed to kill off Joe Biden. Uh, no labels is, while the founders, Nancy Jacobson and Mark Penn, were Democrats, their staff are all Republicans. A lot of their staff that are doing the fundraising to raise 70 to $100 million for them are former Mitch McConnell staffers and former Donald Trump staffers. Um, Pat McCrory, who's then now their national spokesman, uh, former governor of North Carolina, his consultant is, of course, a guy named Chris LaCivita, who's running Donald Trump's campaign. So they are a Republican group disguised as moderates, independents, centrists, whatever, um, built to go out and put a conservative Democrat on the ballot to draw votes away from Joe Biden so Donald Trump can win in the key states that they are targeting. They're, tar they're not targeting red states. They're targeting purple states and blue states to pull down Joe Biden's number just enough to let Trump squeak by. Um, no Labels is a dangerous and pernicious group of people. Um, Nancy Jacobson is a deeply, deeply bitter person. She was fired by Bill Clinton and never and never led into the circle of Barack Obama. So she and her husband, Mark Penn, who's a former Democratic pollster who appears constantly on Fox News praising Donald Trump, yeah. you tell me, I don't get it either. Um, they are looking at this as their revenge against the Democratic Party. Don't be fooled, folks, by no labels. Yeah. Now, the RFK Jr. thing is being run by Steve Bannon, also funded by a bunch of Republican super PAC money. They are looking to hurt Joe Biden in a Democratic primary. They saw a lesson from 1992 where Pat Buchanan ran against George Herbert Walker Bush, my old boss, and split the party. They are seeking to split the Democratic Party uh, in, in the primary phase with RFK Jr., so you got a lot of people out there really fighting hard to take out Joe Biden. Uh, some of them are disguised as centrists, some are disguised as liberals, but all of them at the end of the day will help ensure the re-election of Donald Trump if they get much further down the track. Like you said, none of us should be fooled. My last question for you is on President Biden and, and in that kind of general election campaign. What do you think should be his biggest message and, and kind of strategy in the, in the general election? Sure, I mean, look, the Biden record of economic growth and sustainability and of, of getting us out of the twin crises of a of a recession and a epidemic is an admirable record. Biden should own his age. He should just say it outright. Look, guys, I'm old, but old people know shit. I know how to do things. I'm getting stuff done for this country. Um, give me four more years to hold back the tide of Trump and Trumpism and the dangers. We will put this country on a, on a robust economic footing even more than it is now. Um, and one of the reasons the Republicans hate him so much is a lot of the things that have happened economically under Biden have actually benefited working and middle class people and not yeah. just yes. hedge fund bros and Silicon Valley dudes. Um, and so he needs to own the economy. He needs to take credit for it. 
and it's to point to the hard work he's done. It's to point to the fact that that he may be seven years older than Donald Trump, but he's got half, uh, he's got twice the energy and half the body. Seventy-one thousand soldiers just from the front lines. Even today, we saw that internet and broadband the states have entered the most out of the state of Texas and. Point. Good job, Trista. Trista, this is cute, my little chicky. <laughs> Don't like all my fun stuff. Tweets. Fucking hilarious. Fucking hilarious, comma Trista. Hashtag Comedy Central, hashtag SNL, hashtag The Daily Show, hashtag Trevor Noah, hashtag Stephen Colbert's, hashtag Trevor Noah, hashtag Irish Times, hashtag Taipei Times, hashtag Features. Hashtag comedy, hashtag improv, hashtag stand up, hashtag new artists, hashtag Bob's Doug Stanhope, hashtag NY Times, hashtag LA Times, hashtag Washington Post. Okay, let's see here. Trevor Noah. What your job? Can I have your job? Fucking national treasure. Can I have your job? <laughs> Features, comedy, stand up. Tagging it, stand up. 
New orders. Yeah, I can, maybe I can make it as, if I can make it as a politician, maybe I'll make it as a comedian. <laughs> Trevor Noah, I said Trevor Noah twice. John Stewart. John Stewart. Uh, John Stewart. <laughs> okay. Stephen at home. Stephen at home. And fucking hilarious. Trista. Fucking Bravo, Comedy Central, Central, SNL, The Daily Show. This is like my job interview. Fucking great. Fucking brilliant. Just, uh, I used to do that more often. I used to do that. Oh wow, you are. K-A-M-P student radio at the University of Edwardstone. Keep it Personal favorite comedians, Mr. Representative Jared Moskowitz of Florida, 
Exclamation point. I'm VP candidate if he runs for prez. I applied. <laughs> I applied. <laughs> applied. Applied to be his. Uh, applied to be his VP. Uh, Jared Masquerades. Yeah, rep. Jared. Masquerades. Masquerades. See, not on Facebook. I mean, uh, TikTok. Uh, Jared.
You know, I've just been in a great mood ever since Nazi face ass Donald Trump got indicted twice. Ha ha! Washington Post. Um, what was their magazine for something? Uh, it's Happy the Irish Times. <coughs> Amsterdam, I've tagged Amsterdam Improv, Twitter, Facebook. Welcome, Welcome back, back to the comedy show. Welcome, Welcome back, back to, to me, me comedy, comedy show. show. Comedy. comedy. Comedy by Trista de Genova. <clears throat> comedy. Comedy. Um, I did. Uh, I, I'm going to tag Doug Stanhope. Twice. You know, the thing about I have a Stanhope joke. <laughs> get me a, give me a ticket. Get me a ticket. Two. Doug Stanhope celebrity death pool. <laughs> what the fuck is that? It sounds to me like a, you know, a funny way to say like a little celebrity club like a Doug Stanhope celebrity club I probably I would bet anything Johnny Depp is pops up I would bet you that that would be fun you know get to get to know Johnny Depp who's uh, you know he's been single 
No, uh, we actually we went out before, but uh, I dumped him because he wouldn't forward my posts. He wouldn't. I was. I put together a move on, a move on petition to indict and expel. I'm a one-woman government. <laughs> I am a one-woman government. Oops. Oh, shit. It just, like, closed for no reason. Oh, my God. Oh, there. There you go. Back. Woman government. Okay. Netflix is a joke. Netflix is a joke. Can I please have my own show? Can I please have my own show? Hashtag SNL. Hashtag uh, Chicago. A one-woman government. <laughs> I call the shots around here. Yeah. Oh shit! Oh, oh shit! They got hackers. That's my account. Fuck. So the contact you for that Okay. since your current password. Okay. Right. We can help you review recent activity to make sure your account is still the way you want it. Review. I, I think it, that's a fucking Trump troll. Russian Trump troll. Fuck. Back to Facebook. Okay. Session of spars. 
See here. Hey there, are you still in Taipei? Huh? Oh, so late. That's weird. It's an old message. Um, general chats. Okay. I'm sorry, baby. Let me just startle you. I've new. This is Little Bubble. Little Bubble. It's a, what? I think it's a she. Right? She followed me all the way to the other side of the house, alone, like on the other side of the house. It's just big chickens. Just follow me. Cheep, 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 cheep. Pick me up. I want to be with you. <laughs> Very sweet. Might be a mini salami. A mini, um, Samani. Be a new breed of very expensive designer chickens. <laughs> that would be a good name uh, name for them. I started up a Facebook page, uh, and a very expensive designer chickens <laughs> comes with a a um. It comes with a little bag, with a little uh, carrying bag. With a portrait of it on the bag. <laughs> That'd be fucking cool. Right. right. So just so let's get back to some uh, bitchin' content. Okay. You're on, man. Whoa. Bobo. Okay. Let's get back to Victor Xi on Politicon. Policy, so it is um, pretty remarkable what he's doing, and that's part of, I think, not praying for him is, you know, he's a present for all. And I, I, do, think, I do think there's an interesting contrast with the Republicans. It's always like Joe Biden is a daughtery, senile old fool who drools in his oatmeal. Yet he's also the fiendish mastermind who's running this gigantic conspiracy to hurt Donald Trump. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Pick one. Pick a side. <laughs> anyway. Well, that will be an interesting race to watch. And Rick, thank you again for all that you Anytime, do. Anytime, Victor. You will uh, be watching the Lincoln Project and their ads you break. So really thank must you. be insane. Thanks a lot. We'll see you soon. To Thanks so much. This well, Rick That's is always amazing. And so thank you, Rick, for joining me today. Um, and thank you for just putting this moment into context. There's so much going on right now. And um, at the end of the day, the, the choice cannot be clear between Trump and Joe Biden. And just today, I mentioned this earlier, but it's really historic so what's happening under this administration. Today, they announced this, um, more than $40 billion dollar program <laughs> to expand broadband and internet across the country, with every state getting at least, get this, at least $10 million dollars in funding. I mean, it's quite amazing what they're doing with all of this. And so it's, it's, it's a remarkable achievement for this administration. But it's, again, one of the things that I hope everyone will talk about, which is that 
the Republican states that complain about Biden the most also stand to benefit the most from his policies. You have Texas getting $1.3 billion from this program and expanding broadband access and um, internet access. And these are the areas where it matters, these rural areas. This is what this administration is doing, and it's going to have a tangible impact the closer we have to Election Day. And I think it's up to all of us as messengers to talk to those people in those states and say, look, you know, if you had improved access, look at why. I mean, it's because of this administration. It's because of the things that this administration has done to improve your lives. Oops, sorry about that. The lights turned off. Um, but it's really remarkable what we've been able to do. And I think for everyone to be able to pay attention to that and understand if this is the administration that cares about us and that delivers for us, that that's going to be key. And, you know, just contrast that with the other side. I mean, last week, what they what did they do? They censured Adam Schiff. They introduced impeachment articles for President Biden. I mean, these are the things that they're focused on. And it's that contrast that's going to be so clear and so um, essential for us to focus on in 2024. Um, this week will be uh, an exciting week of On The Move. Uh, we have got some great episodes for you in store. Tomorrow we have um, Secrets and Laws, who is on Twitter. Um, he's a former uh, lawyer for the... Uh, CIA, who will talk to you about the Trump documents case and some other exciting nerd topics regarding the law and also, um, you know, the whole process of the documents. So he'll talk to me about that. On Wednesday, we're going to have on Brandon Van Grack, who is um, a national security kind of expert, um, was previously at the Department of Justice um, and is now all over uh, MSNBC and also cable news. He's great and will uh, talk to me about um, just sort of this moment of national security, the threats facing democracy. Um, so that'll be interesting. On Thursday, we have uh, General Barry McCaffrey on to talk about the situation in Russia right now. There's been a lot going on, as I'm sure all of you have been watching over the weekend with Prigozhin, um, you know, doing this so-called kind of attempted coup, but then pulling back just a day later. I'm not quite sure what his motivations are, so I'll talk to General McCaffrey about um, what the state of uh, Russia is, who stands to benefit from this, um, and just how damaged Putin is, um, and debunking some of the things that we've been seeing from the Marjorie Taylor Greens of the world. And then on Friday, we're going to have on um, Sari Beth Rosenberg, who is a teacher in New York City, uh, to talk about all of the attacks on teachers and education and how teachers can push back. I'm very excited for that episode. So we've got some great episodes for you in store. Remember, we are now live at a new time at 6 p.m. Eastern, uh, at 3 p.m. Pacific, right here on YouTube.com slash Politicon, or on uh, my Twitter right now, uh, VictorShoe2020, uh, so you can find me on both places live. Um, right. So we will see you all uh, for the rest of this week, and thank you all for tuning in. Have a great rest of your Monday. Always on fire, Rick Wilson from the Lincoln Project to discuss this. Rick, it is so great to see you. Thank you so much for joining me. Hey, Victor, how are you?
Great. Um, I am not in Florida. I'm in D.C. right now, but it's, I guess, just as swampy in terms of weather, but not politics. <laughs> <laughs> well, Florida's pretty focused on all actions uh, right now, both the politics and the weather. So yeah, well, I, I want to talk to you about Ron DeSantis later on the show, but I want to start off with this new NBC poll, which showed more Republicans are now supporting Trump. I'm wondering if you're surprised and what that tells you about the Republican electorate writ large. I'm not surprised in the slightest. I, I, I'm, I'm a pretty good anthropologist of both Trump and the GOP. Um, and, and I will tell you, everything we've seen, beginning from the FBI raid on Mar-a-Lago till today, each one of these moments when Trump comes under illegal jeopardy or scrutiny, um, the Republican base rallies around him. And more importantly, the people who claim they're running against him in the primary all support him and say, oh, we're going to pardon Trump. We're not going to... We, you know, we're not, we're not going to let these, these evil deep staters get away with hurting our idol Donald Trump. So you end up in a weird situation where even the people who should be running against him end up reinforcing that he is still the dominant power inside the GOP. Right. I mean, when, when I want to ask you about the Republican voter who supports Trump, because, I mean, it, it's pretty clear that it's part of a cult, but how do they view Trump? And is there anything <laughs> that you can think of that will get them to change their minds? Or are those the type of people who you just can't reach at this point? You largely cannot reach the hardcore uh, MAGA voter, that 35% or so of the party, that if Ron DeSantis or someone else managed to win the primary, those folks would stay home. They're, I mean, they, they are, they are you know, I call them Trump hotties because they are fully committed to a cult-like devotion to Donald Trump. They're not going to change. They're not going to alter I their, call them Trump their behavior. We've seen it time and again. I can't tell you the number of times I've had people ask me, oh, what's the Lincoln Project doing to persuade Zombies. I call them Trump zombies. Hardcore voters, and the answer is nothing. We're so not going to go after people who are immovable. And so that part of the base, they don't see anything wrong Trump with Trump. Zombies. They don't see anything wrong with his behavior or the legal jeopardy he's, he's in. Um, but Cartoon. Trump zombies. Even the moderate Republicans, even the less crazed Republicans, cartoon. All CIA uses cartoons. And say, well, you know, I don't like Trump. I don't like the tweeting. I don't like the law breaking. I don't like the criminality. I don't like the espionage. But the alternative is communism. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's enraging. And in that same poll, we also saw But it's absurd, but a real absurdity. It, very, very absurd. And I want to ask about two other things that we saw in that poll, which is first that Ron DeSantis' popularity dropped quite a bit, and second that Chris Christie increased five points in popularity, which seems small but could be significant. But I want to focus on Ron DeSantis first with you. I mean, it feels like the more people who get to know him, the less popular he is. Do you sure. agree with that assessment? A hundred percent, Victor. I think you've got a guy who lacks a certain felicity and grace in politics. He lacks the gift, as they say. Some candidates have the gift. They engage people. They make people feel like they're part of something bigger than themselves. They make people feel important. And I will say this. Donald Trump, for all I dislike him, has a political gift. Ronald Reagan had a political gift. Barack Obama had a political gift. Bill Clinton had a political gift. They were great candidates. 
Even George Bush, even George W. Bush was a great on the ground in your in the room candidate. And the sandwich just doesn't have it. You 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 have to like people to make people like you. And he doesn't like people. He's an isolated, insular. Um, I think honestly, I think other than his wife, I think he's kind of a lonely guy. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think it. I think he sort of acts out on that feeling of alienation and loneliness. Um, I'm not forgiving it or excusing it, but I I think there's a there's an argument to be made that he hates where he's from. He's got this huge chip on his shoulder about being a middle class kid from Dunedin, Florida. You know, and and I feel bad for him on one tiny level. Is that he doesn't understand why he's so pissed off at the world. Yeah, and it, it's 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 fascinating to watch. It's also not going to go anywhere as a campaign unless Donald Trump gets struck by lightning, eaten by a shark, or chokes on a hamburger. Well, maybe the last one might be true, but uh, in terms of Ron DeSantis, though, I mean, what is the way that he's framing himself? Because it's been a confusing strategy. I mean, he supported Trump after the indictment saying, you know, we should all be defending Trump now and that DOJ is this political weapon. But at the same time, he also, like, what is his policy stance? Are there any, I mean, talk to us about kind of what Ron DeSantis is presenting himself. Well, Ron DeSantis, yeah, it's a great question, Victor. Ron DeSantis is a is an actor in the culture war. And the culture war is a performative thing. So he's going to try to be the biggest dick in the room about the culture war. He's going to try to be the one who's the most cruel, the most terrible to immigrants, the worst, you know, to LGBTQ folks. He's going to try to do all the things that drive a sense of of, that he's got all the cruelty and all the ugliness that the Republican base has become very programmed to want from both their media culture and from the Trump era. Um, unfortunately, it doesn't really quite click once you get past the Republican primary. Even if he wins it, he's already cut himself into such a far, an isolated part of the populace. It's going to be really hard to go out there to say to the tens of millions of American families with gay family members or who are gay themselves, hey, by the way, you're second-class citizens or your family members are second-class citizens. We don't like them. We don't want to hear from them. And and it's going to be tough to go out and sell to American uh, parents out there with young kids. Um, I'm going to be an education president, but I banned books um, about Rosa Parks and Anne Frank and, and Hank Aaron from from schools in Florida. It's going to be hard to say um, I'm going to be somebody who cares about um, about women when he's got a six-week abortion ban in Florida that even among Republicans only has about a 20% approval. Yeah. So he's got a lot of... I mean, Ron DeSantis has played this role and he's got some terrible advice from some terrible people uh, who don't understand the general election structure in the country. Um, but he's part of this negative incentive structure on the right where they... You know, they feel like, well, the, the worse I am, the better I do. I get on Fox if I act like an a-hole. I get more email donations if I send out things saying that we should shoot immigrants coming over the border, which he did today. The day, the day we're recording this, he came out and said we should start, quote, dropping people who try to come through the border. Cool. Cool story, bro. Very East Germany. Yeah. 
No, I mean, it, it's disgusting. But I, I want to ask you about Chris Christie. But before I do that, I mean, there are so many other Republican candidates running right now. You have Nick Haley, Tim Scott, Asa Hutchinson, all of these people. Do you see any path to victory for them at all? No. Look, again, if Trump dropped dead tomorrow, um, all of them who aren't named Donald Trump are, are going to be searching for a way to capture the weird mercurial nature of the MAGA base. DeSantis would have the best opportunity to do 